0: Okay. Good morning, everyone. Great to see you all. Subtitle is... Let's read this together, if you can see that, okay? Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Let's try that again. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. So says Proverbs 29, 18. That's just part of the verse. Vision here means revelation... And it's really speaking about the law of God. In fact, the rest of the verse says, Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But blessed are those who keep the law. In other words, those who have received the revelation of God's law that He's revealed, they are blessed. But those who have not that revelation live unrestrained lives that are destructive. And so that's the interpretation of the verse, but while it's the interpretation, every verse really has only one interpretation, there are many applications to every verse or passage as well. And I want to suggest an application this morning for this particular verse. When the local church has no vision, the people are unrestrained. They may be busy, They're in ministries, but they're all doing their own thing and possibly going in a hundred different directions, and there's chaos and sometimes division. Now, that's a long, uh, amplified paraphrase of uh, uh, an application, but isn't it true? I mean, it's like, if we don't know where God's leading us, we're all going to be going All over the place. That's why we seek a revelation, a vision from God, so we'll know where He's leading us, so we we can plug in together and serve together toward that end. Now, a vision um, or revelation from God restrains, not in a bad way, but in a good way. We don't like to be restrained, right? But some restraints are really good. You're glad for the restraining line in the center of a highway or the banks that restrain a river when it flows through a populated area. The ocean is restrained by land mass and the tides. But when a hurricane, for instance, comes along and disrupts the boundaries and uh, the waters are pushed ashore, that causes all kinds of chaos and destruction, as we saw in Hurricanes Harvey and Irma. Otherwise, people can build their houses and lives on the shore of the ocean and live in peace and with purpose until those restraints are thrown aside. So it is with the church. When God reveals his purpose to our lives and to the church, then we can live with purpose and in peace to accomplish what he intends his church to accomplish. So what is his vision for Kaimuki Christian Church? Well we know that our 2020 vision is set forth every week before us here, uh, but we believe specifically, He continually unrolls his purpose for our lives and for His church. And so we've been seeking and praying about God, what is it this coming year? And I really believe God's led our leadership to some areas that we think focus on what He intends. Last weekend. We looked back, we celebrated as we remembered what God has done this past year, and there have been some amazing things and accomplishments for sure, which we give him all the praise for. But we also identified last weekend three areas in which we have a holy dissatisfaction, areas in which we believe... We can do better than this. God wants us to move forward in these areas because he makes it so clear to us in his word and specifically through promptings that he's been giving to us. So I want to lay those before you this morning. But I want for you not only to agree with these, but I'm praying that you'll decide to come aboard, if you're not, and say, yes, let's do it. Let's follow the Lord in these particular areas. There's an outline in your bulletin and I just outline an overarching uh, vision and then a couple of specifics that I think would be what God would be leading us to this year. Here's the first. Following the path of Jesus enables us to make disciples. That's not all that profound, is it? But it relates to our banner on the right, Keala Yesu, the path of Jesus. We set that forth a couple of years ago Because we believe that we need a pathway to follow Jesus. This is not all-encompassing, but it's a basic path of where we need to go. i have got a picture of it in your bulletin. There's also, I'm going to throw one up on the PowerPoint here. Uh, Next slide. should have a picture of that, except I wanted to tell you about this verse first. Okay? (laughs) Thank you very much. This is what Jesus said about making disciples. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. What is that? That's a great commission, right? That's set forth in our mission up there. Who makes disciples? Disciples make disciples. Disciples. And so we need, personally, to be becoming disciples, and along the way we can help others to be followers of Jesus, disciples of His. So now let's take a look at this pathway that I mentioned, O uh, Oyesu, as we've set forth. And you'll notice, what well, we talked about it last weekend, it encompasses worship in our weekend services, where we grow together and celebrate the Lord. It it involves ohana groups where we gather and we form community with one another, brothers and sisters in Christ. It involves serving God, finding our ministry, using our spiritual gifts, and it involves reaching the lost by sharing the good news of Jesus. And I mentioned last weekend that it is intentionally shaped as a baseball diamond because that implies movement, that the Lord wants us to add each of these elements to our lives as disciples, to be a complete and a balanced follower of His, and so I want to show you another picture here, and uh, this one comes from the Alamoana Shopping Center. You've probably seen one like those on a, a kiosk down there, and uh, you there's all the stores, and you may recognize this here. It says, "You are here." Now. I want you to imagine standing beside this and just watching people come up. And you can just see them come up there, and they look and say, oh, we are here. Wonderful. Isn't it great to be here at Ala Moana Shopping Center? And they're just hanging around there. Is that right? No. They're looking at that sign because they want to know where they are because they don't want to be there. They want to be somewhere else. <laughs> right? That shows them where they need to go. And so it is with Keala O Yesu. Now let's look at this next slide. And uh, we can see you are here. You are in our worship service this morning. I'm preaching to the choir. Uh, we know where we are, and we can say, and I hope you can say, it's wonderful to be here. But is this it? No, this is not it. We also see that we're here, but we need to go here, here, and here as well, to be disciples of Christ. Each of these elements need to become part of our lives. And so I would really encourage you to look at that one in your bulletin there and make an X on your next step, where you want to go from here. Because Jesus always called his disciples to deeper levels of commitment. If you look in the Gospels, he was always inviting them further in and uh, calling them to commit. So I'm asking you, what are you going to do this coming year to help you grow as a disciple? If each of us would do that, wow, this island will be turned upside down by the power of Christ through our lives. When um, Adam and Eve, as described in Genesis, turned against God and followed Satan's temptation... The relationship with God was broken. They had enjoyed that fellowship. He walked in the garden with them, it says. But then they hid from God. It says, God came into the garden and looked for them and says, where are you? Isn't it interesting that God didn't even know where they were? He did, didn't he? He knew exactly where they were. He wanted to ask them, where are you in relation to me? Where's your heart? We had a heart relationship. What happened? I believe the Lord is asking each one of us that and wants to know, where are you in relation to me? And I hope that we can say, I am your disciple and I want to grow on and not live a mediocre Christian life. And so that's my challenge to you and to myself this coming year as we pursue the vision God has for us. That's the overarching vision I believe for this year. A couple of specifics and here's the first and it relates to connecting in a specific way. The Lord is leading us to connect with the lambs. Now when I was a kid growing up on a farm we had all kinds of farm animals and sometimes we had sheep. And uh, you may think that lambs are just those newborns but actually They're called lambs until they're about two years of age, until they grow to maturity. And so when I think of the lambs, in fact, Jesus told Peter, feed my lambs and take care of my sheep. Well, when I think of the church and I think of lambs, I think of from our nursery to our cakey ministry to our youth ministry, they're all lambs. And we believe, we've come to believe, the Lord wants us to more effectively connect with the lambs in this church as it says we want to be an intergenerational church and so how are we going to do that well in matthew chapter 19 we read this familiar passage says then little children were brought to jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them but the disciples rebuked those who brought them that's an interesting scene if you can just picture that get out of here take those kids away Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. The disciples lived in a first century uh, culture and had developed the attitude that adults counted, kids didn't. Kids should be maybe seen, possibly, but not heard. And all too often, that's the case in our culture today, and, and even in the church. Where we relegate the children to, well, let somebody else take care of them and uh, just don't bother us because we have more important things to do. Is there anything more important than being the family of God and growing together with our young people? Now, there are times we need to be separate for learning in different and appropriate ways, but not to the exclusion of coming together. And so we have been praying and planning uh, as to how we can effectively overcome that shortcoming. You know, a few years ago, Dr. Kara Powell spoke at the HIM conference down at the convention center, and we were amazed at what she had to say about churches that have been assisted by Fuller Seminary over the last 16 years uh, in helping their young people to really have a faith that sticks to them. And for those young people to be stuck to the church family when they graduate high school and move on to the next chapter. She wrote a book about it. We read that. We read another book by Dr. April Diaz. And five of us in February went up to Fuller Seminary and uh, went to a conference there where they talked about sticky faith. And it was amazing and (laughs) eye-opening. And uh, we committed to it. Our eldership committed, our staff said, we're going to move toward doing this because we just think it will make a huge difference in reaching youth in this community and in raising our youth to be stuck to the faith and to this church. And so there's a vision in place, and we get to help fulfill it. One of the things that we want to do as they set forth is have, when it comes to youth and adults a five-to-one ratio. And when we think of that, usually in youth ministry, we may think, wow, yeah, one adult for every five kids. But no, they flip that. They say, we want five adults for every teen, for every kid. And they don't mean that every adult is going to be a teacher, Um, maybe a parent, maybe a youth leader. It, It may be someone who serves alongside of that young person in a given ministry. It may be an auntie or an uncle who just reaches out to connect with that young person on the lanai and develops a relationship and, and lets that young person know, I'm praying for you. And, and is finding out how they're doing and follows them even when they go off to college or into the workforce and stays connected with that young person. We want to do that. In fact, uh, Jackson, who played on the worship team Friday night and often does on Sunday mornings now. He just graduated high school. And I met him when he was a second grader at Liliokalani School. He was my common grace kid and developed a relationship with him. But he came to this church when he was in the third grade after vacation Bible school. And uh, through the years, he must have a dozen aunties and uncles who are really close to him, who've mentored him. Well, every kid needs that, and that's what we want to see happen with Sticky Faith as we move forward. How can that happen? Well, on Thursday evenings, as I mentioned last weekend, we have what we call chill on Thursday evenings where our kids and kids from Ernie's Waikiki Surf Ministry or his ministry up at Kalani High School come together And uh, we're looking for adults that will say, yeah, I'll come, and I'll just hang out, and I'll get to know some of those kids. And I don't have to feel like I need to be a teacher. I need to be a friend. Not coming as a parent, but as a big brother, big sister to those kids. Sunday mornings, same thing. We want in November to start bringing our high school kids into our worship service and just have us be a, them be a part of that. And then through this next year, uh, they'll be coming more regularly into our worship services and have other activities outside of that. We want to equip parents more effectively to feel like they can disciple their kids. Many of you are already doing that. But parents are the primary disciples of their kids. Some feel inadequate. Well, we as the church want to partner more effectively with you in that and help you to feel like, yeah, I can do this. We want to serve together, find various ministries we can together with our teens and young people uh, minister. Some of that, a lot of that is actually already happening. We want to enhance and increase that. And so as they are more around us, there will be more opportunities, even on the lanai, just to connect with these young people. And uh, that's going to be a challenge that I want to issue to you. But I want you to hear from a teen named Sammy. Sammy is working with children's ministry uh, generally. But when Pastor Marie is off island as this weekend, Sammy, a high school teenager, she's in charge of that ministry this weekend. And I asked her, Sammy, I know you've connected with a lot of the adults. Uh, Can you write something to me and just kind of express what that looks like and how we can be more effective at that, and here's what Sammy wrote. When I came to this church, it was a rough time for me as I was still adjusting to the semi-new environment I was in and the big changes that came with moving here. I was slowly getting used to it, but the school year was beginning. The new school year meant new projects, one of which was volunteering for a career you wished to pursue. All I knew was that I loved working with children, and it was devastating leaving my younger cousins and, of course, the rest of my family as well. So about a month into the school year, I decided to break out of my comfort zone and ask if I could start volunteering for Keiki ministry. Right away, I was welcomed with open arms, which ended up making it impossible for me to stop volunteering here. Throughout my time of being a part of the Keiki ministry, I've easily connected with adults in the church, especially the parents of kids I interact with at least once a week. Usually the connections for me with the adults start with talking about their kids as it's an easy topic to talk about and over time many have taken an interest in me as I have in them. They ask questions about why I'm here helping each week, how school is going, etc. I talk to many adults because of the connections I've been making. This has made things more enjoyable knowing that I have people who are older, and that I can talk to since I didn't really have a good connection like that for a while before I came here. When I see these adults I've connected with in places outside of the church, I talk to them more as a chance to make a stronger connection. One day I saw a parent at the mall and we talked about school for a while. And in that conversation I was told I could always go to them or anyone in this church if I ever need anything. This reassured me of all the wonderful connections I have and reminded me that I always have someone here. If you, an adult, would like to be part of the impact in the youth's lives, you should go for it. If you see a youth around the church, say hello or even just smile at them. If they're standing alone or just waiting around, get your 20 seconds of courage and just go introduce yourself and ask how they are or something else related. Teens will probably feel more awkward about it than you, but I promise we appreciate it. If you feel you can't relate, school is always an easy thing to talk about. Ask about their classes and see if it's similar to what you took and things you did, if you can remember yours. (laughs) Or ask about their hobbies because you may find someone who enjoys similar things as you, which leads to easy conversations. One thing is, show that you're interested and care. Don't be worried about it if it's awkward or whether or not you'll be able to relate. If you worry about those things, then it will most likely end up true and could keep you from starting a new joyous connection, always. Uh, Also, don't leave your new connection to to only the one conversation. Continue to show interest in them whenever you see them around, and not only the first engagement, but... Who knows what could happen if you let those things stop you? Always remember, the easiest way to spark a connection begins with a smile and a hello. Isn't that great from a teenager? That is so practical and encouraging and an invitation for us to just talk to these teens and begin to care about them. So I want to challenge you this next year to connect with one of the lambs. Reach out to one or more of our young persons. You may not connect with the first one you talk to but just keep connecting and uh, you'll find one that you can begin to pray for and encourage and care about as you learn more about that young person. I guarantee she or he will appreciate it and will become more the family God intends us to become. So we're, the Lord's leading us to connect with lambs but also And this relates to reaching the lost. The Lord is leading us to go after one lost sheep this year. Jesus said something about this in Luke chapter 15. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me! I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, Jesus said, that in the same way There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Now, the religious establishment there, the Pharisees and the scribes, they considered themselves right with God, uh, but their hearts were far from God. Jesus said that. They didn't have the heart of Jesus, they despised those sinners. They were not going to be tainted by those tax collectors. They wanted them far from their synagogues as well, but Jesus hung out with those people and he said, I'm after the lost sheep. I care about them and that is the heart of Jesus. You know, I know and I believe that the longer we have been Christians, the longer we have been in church, the more Christian friends and circles that we have and it's just not natural for us to be connected to so many unbelievers But who wants to be natural? We want to be a supernatural church, right? We want to be supernatural Christians. And we have the capacity with the Holy Spirit living within us to connect intentionally with those that are far from God. And I believe that it's the ordinary thing for people that have been in church and and God's been working in our lives and we still are sinners, but we're not participating in some of the things we used to. It's... Probably ordinary to look down on those to do. Who wants to be ordinary? We want to be extraordinary Christians. We want to be extraordinary, an extraordinary church that realizes they're the same as we are. They just need a Savior just like we did and uh, we still do. And so I also believe that it may be normal to kind of distance ourselves from people who don't think like we think or act like we think may be appropriate. Who wants to be normal? Let's be abnormal as a church and as followers of Jesus and step outside those comfort zones to come right alongside of them, not looking down on them, but coming alongside, loving them, hanging out with them as Jesus did with these folks. We concluded a few weeks ago the play, uh, The Last Days of Judas Iscariot. And uh, I've reflected a lot on that play. And I'm so proud of you folks. I'm so proud of you for supporting this play, for getting behind it, for standing uh, with the leadership of this church that said we're going to throw in. And even though this is an edgy play, it's got profanity in it, But it isn't for the church, it's for the unchurched. And so we partner with another church and and a couple churches and and, uh, we have that play up at the university and uh, wow, it was everything and more in all those ways than that I believed it would be. God used it in amazing ways. Powerful play. I keep hearing testimonies and stories about that. Even yesterday I heard another one. Well, Mark Brenner produced that play. He's a member of our church with us this morning. And um, we had a cast party for the actors the night that that play closed, that Sunday afternoon, right here at Kaimuki Christian Church. Uh, certainly Mark was there. Some of our drama people were there. And the cast was there. What an amazing opportunity just to hear what they had to say and to have conversations with them. And it had opened their hearts to talk about the Lord. And um, just one gal in particular had uh, asked Mark for a Bible, and we were able to send a Bible with her. And she's already said she loves it. And uh, wow, amazing stuff coming out of that. But at that cast party, I was given the opportunity to share a few minutes from the perspective of our church and why we as a church would have or participate or endorse this kind of a play to speak to the hearts of those folks. And then Mark spoke to them for about 25 minutes and they were just riveted as he talked about, yeah, the performance and the acting and everything, but then came down to how he was so appreciative of the opportunity to bring his theater family, whom he loves, together with his church family and how the point of grace had come through so powerfully because Mark had had, uh, been Jesus in that play and had kept reaching out to Judas even at the end and Judas is rejecting him and finally, you know, he embraces Judas and washes his feet at the end. It's a picture of grace and Mark talked to them about that. And then, as we were ready to go that evening, the end of that cast party, Mark said, hey, we have a tradition. Before every play, we come together in a circle and put our hands together just like in a football, football huddle and have the word of the day and say that. So what's the word of the day? And somebody says, grace. All right. So we all come together and say, grace. And I thought, wow, they got it. They walked away with what the point of that play was. And uh, I thank God for that. But it took stepping outside of our comfort zone to do that, and it always does, if we're going to get close to those who are far from the church and far from God. So this coming year, we want to help you to provide opportunities and equip you to do that more comfortably. One of the ways is through that alpha course that we just saw Maggie talk about. That was just a snippet of her testimony about how she came into that group, she felt like comfortable because she could ask her questions. We're going to start one on Tuesday night the 26th and it's a meal and then uh, people see a 15 minute video and we bring our unsaved friends and just they can ask any questions or say anything they want and we don't correct them. Say interesting you know. Come back next week. And over a period of weeks people come to faith through that Alpha course. Friday night after the service, I was talking to a couple on the lanai, and uh, he's a believer, she's not, and she said, I want to come to that course. I think it's a place I could really get my questions answered. We'd answer them here on Sunday morning, but you know, people feel more comfortable in a safe place. So I really encourage you bring someone that wouldn't come to church to that alpha course. Another one is in November, we're going to start. Four weeks of Just Walk Across the Room. And that will be in our Ohana groups and in our weekend services. And Bill Hybels from the Willow Creek Community Church has put together a video series, in which we'll watch a video, which he talks about how to just comfortably learn how to engage with those that don't know the Lord. Start conversations, continue to build those relationships. I think we'll just really be much more at ease once we come through that training. And so I want you to uh, get involved in one of those Ohana groups. Just walk across the room starting in November. Also, this coming year, we want at regular inter- intervals to have friend weekend where we invite someone to join us for services. Uh, we used to have those years ago. And just A few weeks ago, I talked to a couple in our church and found out that's how they came. They were invited by a sister-in-law who just invited them to come and uh, at a friend weekend. It's just an excuse, an opportunity for us to talk to someone and invite them. So we'll have some of those next year as well. Each of these, all of these, begin with a personal commitment to care about people that are lost to reach those who are far from God. And for the last weeks, I've been encouraging you to pray about people that you know, maybe in your family, maybe that you work with, maybe in your neighborhood, that don't know the Lord, that God has put on your heart, and to bring those with you this morning so that we could commission you to reach them this coming year. That's how I want to conclude this service in your bulletin you have a lost sheep card that is green and I'd encourage you to take that out and if you have a name or names of uh, those that need the Lord uh, put their first name on this little lost sheep you can put more than one first name but put them on there and um, at the conclusion of the service after the benediction I'm going to ask you folks to come right down front here. I'll have a few short words for you in a prayer. And then we will anoint each of you with oil. Nothing weird. Just uh, some oil which symbolizes the Holy Spirit's presence and power in your life. We'll just anoint you on the forehead and uh, bless you and then ask you to drop your card in the mango bowl at the foot of the cross, which symbolizes, God, I'm just believing. You're going to help me bring this person to the cross this year. And uh, after the benediction, uh, those of you who don't drop a card in the bowl, no, no problem. You, you can just make your way to Lanai because we're going to celebrate with food on the Lanai for Vision Weekend. And the others will join you just shortly uh, after they've dropped their cards in the bowl. So I'm excited about what God's going to do as we trust Him this coming year toward that end. And um, I just want to encourage you uh, to take that other card in there, which is orange or whatever it is, I'm kind of colorblind, and uh, write those names, that name or names on that one and put it in your Bible, on your refrigerator, whichever you open the most, somewhere that will remind you to pray for that person, okay? So let's be stand standing for our benediction and uh, following this, those of you who want to bring a card forward can come down front, Okay. May the power of the Holy Spirit enable us to pursue and accomplish the vision that God has for us so that we're restrained, compelled by the love of Jesus Christ. God bless you all.